0: Hello and welcome to Grow Up, an APG Canada podcast, where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkerers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. And today on the show, we're catching up with Henry Wong, author of Telling Your Story, Building Your Brand, to share his top five tips on personal branding. Henry, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Love it if you could tell us a bit about you and your background, uh, how you came upon deciding to write this book, and then dig into your top five tips.
1: Thank you, Michelle. It's great to be here and chatting with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So this will be a, a, a lot of fun. I, I find any opportunity to uh, help people tell their story. Uh, so my background actually comes from uh, the world of uh, Saatchi, where I, I learned strategic planning. I actually grew up in this world of Uh, Both creative and account planning. So, a lot of the process that I had mapped out uh, for this book uh, reflects much of uh, what the industry follows in terms of uh, gathering insights, uh, finding that emotional connect, finding the uh, voice of the consumer and reflecting it back. So, um, this came about, this book came about as a result of COVID. believe it or not. Um, as we began to go into lockdown, there seemed to be a lot of free time. So every Saturday morning, I began uh, writing what I had in mind for this book. So hours at a time, putting chapters together. And then over the course of a year and a half, uh, uh, came up with the book. I was fortunate enough to get a publisher to pick it up. And now it's uh, out there. And it really serves as a bit of a guidebook. And I, I call it a playbook because hopefully it will be fun for people to uh, follow. But it follows a lot of the processes that Uh, we've become so attuned to in uh, our approach to bringing uh, client products to to life. Why I began focusing on um, more the professional side or the personal brand was years ago, uh, when I was working heavily on, on various campaigns, a political group came to me and asked me, would I be able to apply that same sort of creative thinking to uh, this person who they had a, as a candidate, I won't mention names, but he uh, is fairly prominent uh, or was prominent within the provincial uh, politics. Uh, but that, that uh, set the stage and it got me thinking, yes, it does work. Uh, and if you apply the same principles and the methodology, you could realize your brand in the same way and be able to tell your story, because that's ultimately what you're looking to do is find a way to connect with people through story, of course.
0: Yeah. And, and I find this so interesting because, and I don't think I'm the first person to kind of make this observation, but, you know, and it's a little bit of the story we talked about before about the, the shoemakers kids that, that, you know, we as experts who work in branding seem to be not necessarily very well skilled at telling our own personal brand story. Is that, is that uh, maybe part of the impetus for the book? And do you have any theories as to why that might be? (laughs)
1: I I think so. I I think it absolutely goes to that whole idea of the shoemaker's children. We we spend so much time um, realizing brands for our clients that we often forget about ourselves. And and a lot of it simply comes from... being exhausted, mentally exhausted by the end of the day. How how do you have time for yourself when you've taken care of someone else? You know, one of the ironic things, and I find this amongst uh, quite a few people in the industry, uh, we help them, let's say, with their presence on social media. But so few of us have that same level of presence uh, at the same time, unless you're a bit of a self-promoter. And and one of the things I, I did learn early in my career was by promoting yourself, you're actually putting... Uh, not only the work out there, but the agencies work at at the same time. So there are many agencies out there that have a system by which they are uh, putting uh, their own public relations uh, to work and that helps to enhance the brand but how do you do it for yourself and that's always the uh, problematic question because we tend to think of ourselves as part of the collective and a little bit less ourselves so for those who are and we often criticize them but at the same time you can't help but admire those people who have uh, uh, excelled in their career where they've began to put themselves forward and, and maybe they're criticized as being self promoters or people who you know, are just in it for themselves. But at, at the end of the day, in a manner of speaking, when you're building your own brand, you do need to be a little bit selfish and, and think of yourself first.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Well, we, um, why don't we just dive into these top five tips? I'd love to hear kind of what your, um, playbook, uh, entails.
1: Sure. Uh, so, um, not to promote the book per se, but there are, uh, uh, more than five tips, but I'll, I'll share sort of the highlights that may uh, benefit the people who are listening. So, uh, and for many of the audience who are account planners in themselves, they will recognize uh, some of the points. And and it's really applying those same methodologies to yourself. So, in the beginning, if you think about it, uh, you really need to perform a little bit of an audit. You know, not just uh, an opinion of what yourself might be, but really dig deep into what makes you unique. And, and part of that is taking stock of yourself. So doing a bit of an audit is uh, key to understanding where you are in the marketplace. For some people that might involve taking uh, personality tests or getting an assessment. Uh, when we work with clients, for example, and you simply ask them what, you know, what makes you unique, for example, if it only comes from their opinion without uh, some founded research or third party uh input, then it's very limited to that one perspective. So the first tip really is to take stock of yourself, but also open yourself up to having other people weighed in, ask them, see what how you're being perceived in the marketplace amongst your peers and get a little bit of feedback. And from that, you reform a baseline. And from that, you determine, is that where I want to be perceived? Is that the way I want to be in the marketplace? No, n- number two is really uh, perhaps gathering some insights into what truly makes you unique. So when we do this for products or services, as you know, we, we look beyond simply the product insights and look for those universal human insights that might resonate with people. So what about you that might resonate with people that would allow that to uh, connect with people on that level? Um, you know, perhaps number three would be standing for something. And I, I think this is particularly important, um, uh, in building your brand, you really need to stand for something. And we know the best brands out there, you know, often are part of a movement in a way, gathering people together, getting forces behind them, uh, because there's a cause, you know, what do you stand for in the marketplace? And again, it has to be much more than simply a, uh, feature and benefit the way a product is? You know, what is it that truly makes you unique? Because leading into that, number four, uh, I would say would be the emotional connect with the audience. How do you connect with the audience uh, in a way that, Uh, will uh, resonate with them well beyond just a intellectual connection. So your audience can be uh, your colleagues. It could be your boss. It could be certainly your, your clients, you know, but building that brand is really understanding what that emotional fulfillment that you might have that uh, you can bring to the table. Um, And then really uh, number five, I I think is understanding your audience, you know, Uh, having, solid perception of what your audience is all about because different things connect with people. We know this from the brands that we work on that quite often uh, the audience helps to determine the direction of the brand itself. So you might want to ensure that your brand is true to yourself, but at the same time, what is it that will connect well with that audience in in a manner of speaking and i think uh, uh, with that it, it really is defining who you are and being able to present the best part of it because in the end you're not going to be everything to everybody but you will be the right thing to the right people and and that's really the framework from which uh, if you do the work everything else can fall in place
0: yeah. And and I guess I'm curious, um, I mean, the most obvious kind of lens to look at this through for me is, you know, uh, if you want to, for example, build your career in advertising or, or marketing or whatever it may be. And so with the first tip in terms of taking stock of yourself and how you're being perceived, um, I imagine, is it? For example, going out to past employers, colleagues that you've worked with, people that you potentially aspire to to work with to kind of gauge what the what what their feeling is around you or like, can you can you you ground this in a real world example? Maybe it's even how you've done this yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that that is the probably the biggest challenge because we often want to talk about other people or other products rather than ourselves. So putting ourselves on the table is a little bit challenging. When I do this process for individuals, we seek the various stakeholders within their circle. It could be somebody in their personal life, a colleague, a former employer, uh, the uh, audience out there. It's the cross-pollination of all the inputs that allow you to be able to form a better picture uh, of yourself. So Mm -hmm. if you were doing this for a client, you would be a lot more objective. What we're trying to do, obviously, is remove that subjectivity uh, along the way. So yes, it does involve uh, going to um, your uh, stakeholders or the people you've connected with who potentially be your, uh, colleagues or, uh, people you would like to impact. There's a series of questions, of course, that would be not unlike a, a, a research study of sorts, just to get a sense of it. When you cobble it all together, then you begin to form a, a picture. And the reason you do that, of course, is that you may have an opinion of how you're perceived in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but somebody else may have a different, uh, uh, viewpoint. Putting all that together forms somewhere where the truth may lie. Your truth versus their truth. Somewhere in the middle is hopefully the uh, objective truth.
0: Yeah, um, and and I'm curious, kind of this this tip too, in terms of gathering insights, um, determining what makes you unique and, and what might resonate. I, I mean, imagine you've performed this kind of own methodology on on yourself. Can you talk a bit about perhaps what you've uncovered in in this process?
1: Oh. Um, you know, I mean, part of... Uh One of the things I suggest in the book is you you do anything to assess your personality from, uh, Enneagrams to uh, Myers-Briggs to, uh, even astrology to get a good picture of yourself. And funny enough, while I don't believe in astrology, I'm uh, a Gemini sign. And for some reason I, I seem to align well with those attributes that have come up. And that was a little bit surprising and recognizing it. It helped me not only adjust my personality and life in general, but it helped me understand, uh, why I'm so uh, interested in people because I I just love different things that uh, have a a way of twigging different interests in my my life. So uh, what it came down to, and if I, you know, uh, many brands, you often talk about superpowers and and that if I were to attribute a superpower, my superpower would actually be curiosity. I I just enjoy meeting people and finding out about them. So I think uh, from that point of view, I, I did discover that I, what made me unique was that curiosity, that aspect of always wanting to learn something new. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um. And and this notion of uh, standing for something, being part of a movement. Um. I I feel like. Um, an observation that I've had, you know, even kind of thinking about my own personal brand and, and my um, movement through my career is that as, as you move through, you, you will develop different interests and, and different passions. Um, there'll be different narratives or things that the industry will be talking about at different points, you know, um, whether it be purpose brands or diversity inclusion or, or whatever it may be. Uh, I guess I'd imagine that th- these things can can change as you yourself evolve or do you find that you will kind of stay steadfast to certain uh, movements or values? Um, can you talk a bit more about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think the wonderful thing about planners is there is um, a strong intellect and an openness, almost like scientists that you, you have a certain belief system and you may go into a project with a, hi- a certain hypothesis, but you're very open to changing your viewpoint, depending on what the feedback is that you would get from consumers, of course. So the same applies for a, a personal brand um, as an individual. And certainly it sounds like for you, depending on the topic at hand, the more information you have, the more your opinion may evolve or the more steadfast you may set in uh, your belief system. At the end of the day, we're wired right a certain way and we react a certain way. Uh, but I'd like to think, you know, amongst our group, we're, we're certainly more perhaps open to ideas and, and so forth and i think that's where your comment what like, likely comes from is that uh, opportunity to look at things from uh, multiple viewpoints and evolve that opinion if, if you need to because ultimately you you we've been trained in looking at it from the consumer point of view and it can't always be from your eyes otherwise the world would be very very uh uh, thwarted and shaped in a, a certain way that may not reflect what the consumer actually is. So the same, of course, applies for individuals.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then this notion of kind of um, emotional connection, um, I guess, with with your audience. I'm mean, I'm curious um, how is that manifested for you uh, in terms of I think your background, kind of uh, creative direction. Um, for example, you know, is is it about empathizing with with different audiences or is it about being able to um, lean into or imagine different different of uh, styles? Like how does that in life for you? The,
1: the emotional connection as, as we know from products is something that helps to sell that brand much better than simply listing features and benefits. At the end of the day, quite often we will gravitate towards a purchase because simply we like it. Uh, we are, um, many of you pro- have probably done this exercise in, uh, with clients as well. But at the beginning of uh, discussion, you you ask, "You know, name your favorite brand," and you'll uh, come back with various things like Nike, BMW, test, you know, wh- whatever it might be. And when you try to get to the heart of it, they may begin listing, well, I like the reliability or I like the way it looks and that. But but when you push comes to shove and you compare it to the competition, there isn't anything that sets it apart. And when you probe them further and push them further, they respond with, well, I just happened to like it. And that's really the emotional response that you're looking for. Typically, as a brand, you're building likability. So the emotions that you're looking to trigger often will be a result of either solving a problem or fulfilling a need in some way. So recognizing that how you might be able to fulfill an um, an emotional void of some sort is one of the steps, of course, in in manifesting uh, a a proper brand, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for a, a product or service, of course.
0: Yeah. Does that translate? I mean, do your do your clients have emotional voids that they're trying to fulfill? Or I guess it's more so with their brand specifically.
1: Yeah. So if we're, we're talking about the uh, personal side of it. Uh, often, it, it is that connection that they need with a, an audience. So let's say you have an executive director who is running an organization, and they need to motivate the staff, of course. What about that person can he or she fulfill, uh, that would, uh, satisfy that emotional, uh, void. So, you know, it's those, finding those motivating factors that would help affect, uh, People to get behind what you believe in, because ultimately you're, you're leading an organization. You have a certain vision uh, of where the organization is going. How do you get people to buy into it? And not everybody will buy into it, but by sharing that and demonstrating and showing how the emotion can be satisfied is a wonderful way of connecting people. So we see this a lot in um, charitable organizations, of course, because you have a lot of people working essentially for very little money or even volunteering. So what motivates them? What is it about the organization that fills that emotion that can get people behind it and, and working hard towards that same cause?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and then your last tip on, uh, understanding your audience. And, and I mean, I don't know if these were kind of, if you voice these over se- se- sequentially, uh, is that, is that the last step or, or are they just, cause I mean, oftentimes when we think about brands, we, we kind of, uh, put a priority on understanding kind of the, the consumer, but is it, is it different when you're doing your own personal branding?
1: Uh no I I it uh, these aren't in any particular order but just really highlights from the uh, uh top of my head so un- understanding your audience is still a good uh aspect to look at whether it's at the beginning or in mid process because sometimes it, you also need that reassessment uh, to ensure your message is going to resonate with the audience that you're looking to connect with, of course. Uh, ultimately, uh, every brand has a story, so every person has a story, and we know uh, take examples of movies for uh, as a good case study. Not every movie resonates with everybody, not everybody flocks to the same movie. There may be certain structures that uh, people that have mass appeal, but we know that your audience is uh, within a defined set of quarters. So it may not uh, be something for everybody. And I think part of that, tip is recognizing the type of person, although we often want to be popular amongst everybody, the type of brand you put out may not be suitable for everybody and and recognizing that is key. But the more important people that you need to appeal to where you ultimately need to make your mark, whether it's in your career or within politics or uh, as a personality uh, is key. So defining that is is often the case. Um, it isn't a bad idea to put it secondary. Um, and you do raise a good point because within um, uh, consumer marketing, certainly, and the way we strategize for things, you begin with the audience and where, where their head is. With a personal brand, it may, in fact, be the uh, flip side of it because do we manufacture a brand, your personal brand, based on what might appeal to the broadest audience? In some cases, that might be the the situation. What I've often found in those uh, cases is that the person who manufactures that or creates a brand that might appeal to the greater amount of masses uh, typically aren't happy because it's not being true to who, what their DNA might be or what they're wired to be. So in in the end, uh, that sort of check can be very, very helpful. And we see this a lot uh when uh let's say a certain personalities expose you you thought they were one way but suddenly it comes to light that they are uh, another type of personality and it doesn't fit and their uh, brand and their worth and their value begin crashing and uh and we see that a lot of this has been manufactured and this is particularly true in entertainment and uh uh, politics of course but in the end um if you Think of this uh, audience, perhaps second in this way, you're defining who you are first before finding that audience and who might appeal to it.
0: Yeah. Okay. terrific. So if I've captured these all right, um, you know, your first tip was taking stock of yourself, uh, kind of generate a baseline for how you're being perceived. Um, Number two was gather insights and really try and probe at what makes you unique um, and how that might resonate. Number three is to stand for something, um, be part of something. It sounds like, you know, kind of tap into your belief system and, and, you know, uh, audit kind of what your values might be. Number four is to figure out um, how you can emotionally connect uh, beyond uh, intellectual uh, fulfillment. And number five was uh, and not necessarily in sequential order was understanding your audience um, and what their what their needs are. Um, Hopefully I've captured everything there. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that?
1: No, I, I think the thing to perhaps emphasize is this is really the foundation to the second part, which is uh, by understanding yourself and understanding your audience. Now, now you have the basis by which you can define what your story is, because the second part is really being able to uh, find the story that is true to yourself, that can connect with the audience in in such a way. Uh, So a lot of this is uh, while still theoretical what I've shared, you still need to get to the aspect of uh, crafting what you're all about. By defining what you are, uh, you can then go out into the marketplace and be able to hopefully sell yourself, connect with the people based on the way that narrative is is put together. So a lot of this is really the ingredients for that but there's a number of aspects that uh, certainly go for it. So I, I I, I don't want to uh, create the illusion that this is all you need to create your brand. It's really the basis from which you do the groundwork. And then the creative, I guess, the creative stuff and the fun stuff begin to happen in formulating how you bring that to life. Writing the story, standing for something, uh, putting it out into the marketplace, finding the right connect with the audience that you need to uh, uh, either impress or uh, get on, on site, of course.
0: Great. Great. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to, to chat with us. Um, these are really valuable tips um, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to share them with us.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, so if there is, a, I guess, a bit of self-promo of people looking to go deeper into this, uh, the book is available at Chapters uh, and in the U.S. in uh, Barnes and & Noble and of course on Amazon. So that's my self-plug for today.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Congratulations <laughs> on getting a book out. It's a—it's uh, quite a feat. <laughs>
1: Great. Well, I enjoyed spending time with you. Thank you so much, Michelle.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining today's episode of Grow Up. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, share the episode, and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.